having a nice day, dear listeners. Well, this is message 22 of Mind Your Mind. Today we're thinking about the subject of listening, preparing and suffering. We need to hear messages about how to deal with suffering that have been thrust on us. But what about where we can choose to suffer for following Jesus or to take the easy way out? There's a choice there. Do any of us really wish to listen to a message like that? Isaiah often had to suffer for sharing his message of judgment on the land. Read in Isaiah 54-7 The Sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. The Sovereign Lord has spoken to me and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me and to my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I've set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. This is the purpose that I hope for. This is the purpose that I delight in. It is to daily spend time with God and to listen for his words of hope for myself and hopefully to share with others like yourselves. My purpose is to worship God through the waiting and set my heart to use his gifts he's given me to help others as they too wait on their miracles. God has called you to do the same. He's called you to wait on him and serve him and help others within your gifting even while waiting on your miracles. You have a purpose, dear child, of the living God. Do not let depression, anxiety or lack of hope steal the purpose from you. Instead, use it as a training opportunity for when it may cost you to take your stand for the kingdom. Let life's problems lead you to depend on God and and depend on his power within so that when the time of choice comes, you will be able to and willing to suffer for the kingdom. Jesus suffered for my salvation. Isaiah was willing to suffer in service for God. Am I willing to suffer for the kingdom? Or is it all, give me, give me, give me? We love to get positive attention for serving God, don't we? We might as well admit it. We think, great. Wow, you're so gifted, could be the word spoken to a prophetic speaker. But what about when speaking for God is standing up to a critical friend or family member who says you're an idiot for loving Jesus? What if it means choosing between climbing the career ladder or being honest? Are we still so keen to open our mouths? It is all well following our calling when it is easy. But those who are called to serve are also called to suffer. Paul in Philippians 3, he declared that he wanted to know Jesus and to suffer with him. And in chapter 2, he wrote that he was pouring his life out in service for others as an act of worship, a drink offering to God. Surrender, service, Sacrifice. These are all words said with the brakes put on. So let's take the brakes off. Let's focus on the grace of God as he pours it into our lives. And let us focus on the purpose he's called us to. That is to be changed. We travel on a journey that sees us transformed from selfish to selfless. And from seeking our needs to serving kingdom goals. When we know our God, he sets us free from materialism to live a life of spiritual purpose. We were created in his image. 
to know him and to bring him glory. The only way we will ever truly be happy and be satisfied is we, when we find our purpose in surrendering everything we have and everything we are to serve him. Serving the Lord Almighty. Bit of the Northern Ireland coming out there. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, we read that Jesus, right? We see the light of the glory of God in his face. That's amazing. So when our eyes are open to see that light of glory of God in the face of Christ, all we want to do is soak in that glory and to reflect in its light into a world that is dark and to people who are stumbling around in that darkness. So we, re- we soak in it and we reflect it out. Without the light they are lost, they will stumble and get hurt. And in the light they too will find safety and purpose. But it may mean a bit of suffering to tell them about that light. So today, are you willing to take the brakes off and give it all to God? When you think of the problems you face, remember and know that you have a loving Father to help you. Then, try to think of those who do not and reach out to them. Open your eyes today to see the needy around you who live without Christ and without hope in this world. Are you ready to go the extra mile to share with them the good news of Jesus, a saviour who loves them so much that he gives life on a cross? Are you willing to share your testimony of God's grace in all circumstances? Are you willing to be vulnerable? And are you willing to suffer? Remember, Isaiah was called to speak, but he was also called to suffer. But when we suffer for the kingdom, there's many rewards, and the greatest reward is that he, he becomes bigger in our eyes. God grows in our thoughts, and he transforms us, and there's a greater, deeper joy and peace. Thank you for listening, God bless. Monday the 18th of July I'm going to read a message which I basically wrote months ago but before I continue to read I just want you to prepare I'm not always here to tickle your ears or entertain or to say something you might find really interesting sometimes I just want to say the straight truth so here it is when our minds belong to God and want to be transformed by Jesus through his Holy Spirit are we willing to be committed commitment what is that Well, when you know that your life is blessed by the living God, what is the reasonable response? It is commitment. The response of Daniel was to surrender his will and his heart to follow this God who was his hope and source of life. The response that Paul wrote about when you read Romans 11, 33, right through to all of Romans 12, what was that? To surrender our lives. This is our calling and this is our hope. In Philippians 3, again I quote, grace and truth were drawn out as a hunger for Jesus and in Psalm 1 commitment was a life built on the word of God. Daniel was a man of revelation but first he was a man of commitment. He learned from an early age to obey God and to prove in his life that this was the best way to live. Why do so many profess to belong to God and yet they need to be persuaded that it is a good idea to obey him? Why do they have to be coaxed into letting God, who created them and saved them, reign in their lives? We complain when our prayer requests are not answered as we expected. Is God a waiter? Is God an ATM machine? Do we have the right to pick and choose from the menu of the restaurant? 
or to put in some sort of button and expect we can choose whatever we want on how much money we want. Do we have the choice? Is God just someone who has to deliver what we want? Have we forgotten what it is to surrender to his authority without question or without being bribed by the benefits? Daniel had it right. He lived God's way. And so did his three friends who were willing to die in that furnace. He was willing to suffer for obeying God. They were willing to suffer for obeying God. So Daniel considered the price worth paying. Paul considered the price worth paying. Too many of us are not willing to suffer, but we expect too many rewards for giving God what is his right and our obedience. So suffering has two levels, remember. Suffering that happens and suffering we choose. So many times we're not willing to go that extra mile and choose suffering. And when suffering does um, happen to us, we blame God and say, well, we served you, we don't deserve this. I know we don't deserve suffering, but are we willing to face it and praise God and say, God, I love you, I will trust you through it? Many complain about life having a few rough times. Oh, because we serve God, we shouldn't go through this. Life's not like that. Many times it is suffering that is allowed with those who live for God to train them for deeper service. The book of Job is a good book to read to see what happened when he suffered. Um, I've had people tell me, oh, we don't need to pay attention to that. It's the Old Testament. As far as I know, we still need to pay attention to the Old Testament. The gospel of grace calls us not to work for our salvation. But the gospel of grace also calls us to consider and to learn from saints in the Old and New Testament and what God did in their lives. Also read the book of James. Again, some people who believe that grace means, oh, freedom from works. They misunderstand the book of James. The true grace calls us to a greater life, a better way to treat others and a better way to live. So James doesn't teach works get you saved. James teaches salvation leads you to good works. So read it. Ask yourself, what way would you have lived in the first and second century as a follower of Jesus? Would you have been able to say Jesus is Lord at the face of the Romans? Would you have been willing to suffer as a Christian in the early church? Of course, you're not going to have to make that choice. But are you willing to suffer as a modern Christian? Are you willing to make the right choices? Are you committed to God's way rather than your way? Are you committed to suffer rather than comfortable living? Are you committed to honesty rather than dishonesty? Are you committed to follow the example of other saints who said, All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily love or daily live. And then there's another um, writing I once read and that's always been my motivation and reminder when I've got it wrong. Only one life will soon be passed. Only Only what's done for Jesus will last. Is this your motivation? So as I finish this little message, I want to remind you that this is not an entertainment vlog. This is not some comedy act or some musical entertainment or drama. I'm not always going to say things that are comfortable. I'm not always going to say things you might even agree with. Today I've spoken plainly, no thrills. Anyway, that's never me. Today I challenge you to listen to my blog and others who aim to share the word of God with open ears and willing hearts to say yes. Not to us, but to God.
Once again, it's another hello from me, Carol Elliott, to you, my wonderful listeners. There may be one or two of you, or maybe by now I'm building up an audience of almost 10 or maybe 100. Who cares? It's not the numbers that matter. You, the individual listener, that's what matters. Okay, so we're on message 24. And the message is asking questions. What is God like? What did Jesus do? How are we called to respond? These are the three basic questions in life. God is the creator of the universe. He is good. And he loves me. He loves you. Jesus died in our places to defeat sin and death. We are both called. See, I say both because I'm talking from one person to another person. You and me. Okay. We're both called to say yes to his gift of life. And to surrender our lives for his purpose. God gently leads those with responsibilities, but he still leads them. He does not say, stay here, but move forward in my power. Why me? Why this disaster? Why did they die? Why call me to preach? Why is there suffering in the world? Why were they so mean to me? Why, God, did you allow that to happen? These are the questions that haunt us and trouble us. They can only be answered or at least calm down in our hearts when we answer the first three. If we see God, who he is, and understand that Jesus died for us on the cross, that he rose again to give us victory, that grace is a free gift, that salvation is hope and power because God loves us, not because we earned it. If we understand this, then we can come to terms with the other stuff. If we understand that we are called to rest, called to grace, and called to thrive in the midst of adversity, then we will face the questions with courage and not be afraid to ask them. David in the Psalms often asked questions. He often complained, moaned, cried out and said, why God? And basically said, I'm miserable here. My life's a mess. He didn't pull any punches. He wasn't dishonest. He was honest with his own heart and with God. He suffered a lot in his life. Then the disciples of Jesus, as we see them in the Gospels, they often asked Jesus questions because they were just simple men from ordinary lives, not not fancy scholars. They needed to know about the kingdom of God. They needed to know more about Jesus and who he was, the man they followed. John the Baptist, he asked a vital question. He was in prison. He sent his disciples to ask Jesus what was going on. Read Matthew chapter 11. He asked, was Jesus really the Messiah? You'd think he'd have known because he announced him as the Messiah. But yet he had his doubts, he had his problems, he had his issues. After all, he was in prison. But he got his answer as it was explained to him that miracles were being performed by Jesus. Isn't that great? So the disciples of John the Baptist go and meet Jesus, ask the question, go back to John the Baptist and say, it's great, Jesus said he's really the Messiah, look at them as miracles. And then they walked away and John the Baptist was left in prison on his own, suffering humiliation. And in the end, he lost his head. It was removed from him by a large knife. Chop. The enemies of Jesus asked questions too. Of course, Jesus always had the right answer for them. And he revealed his wisdom and authority in handling kingdom issues. So John the Baptist asked the question. He was happy with the answer because he saw light. He saw light at the end of the tunnel because he knew in the light of eternity, everything would make sense. Even if his life was given over for the gospel, he knew that one day he 
would worship Jesus. He would spend time with him in eternity. It's okay for us to ask questions as we come to God in prayer or as we or as we chat with other believers. It is absolutely okay to have problems, have issues, have doubts, have questions. We may not always receive the answers we want. We may not always get an answer at all and be left still confused. But God always turns us up to help us understand that this life is confusing at times, yet can be glorious in his presence and as we walk in his purposes for us. So God bless you, dear listener. And as I say, from my heart to your heart, may you know God's peace. Bye. message 25 last message was about questions so I have one question for you are you thirsty Isaiah 55 come all you who are thirsty come to the waters and you who have no money come buy and eat come buy wine and milk without money and without cost why spend money on what is not bread and your labour on what does not satisfy listen Listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I love it when I write poetry. It feels like the words just flow from a deep whisper in my heart. It feels like I'm listening to dictation as I write each word down. It's not any way I claim that this is scripture, but... My poems just feel so inspired and I just feel like I'm drinking from the fountain of life as God pours words into my heart. A little whisper, a little word, and I just have this compulsion to write it down. They're just little bursts from the prophetic as I, a child of God, eagerly wait on Daddy as he gives me words from my heart to comfort me as a response to reading his word and praying and worshiping him. It's only rarely that I would share them. Sometimes I put them in my books or I've added them into my courses that I do in Udemy. The point I'm trying to make is that when you experience God on a deeper level, when your heart thirsts, he pours the waterfall of life into your heart. When you seek him, he changes you and gives you an attitude of obedience as a result. As you know God more and as you learn to love him more, then you experience how much he loves you and you just naturally find your attitudes and actions changing. You fall in love with him, you soak in him, you just sense his presence and you just want to respond by living as he calls you. It's no longer a task, but a pleasure to live as a child of God, to live as a disciple of Jesus and to want the Holy Spirit to take control of your heart. Your very nature changes, your very appetites change, your very attitudes and language changes because God is changing you, because you thirst and he fills. 
Because Daniel remembered who he was, he was a man who obeyed God. Because Isaiah met God, he cried out, send me. Because you know you're loved by God and experience his presence, you will be able to surrender all that you are, all that you have, all your hopes and dreams to his will. Obedience will flow as a natural consequence of your encounter for him. So dear friend, drink from God, fill up and he will change you. Are you thirsty?